Parsha Shalach, Weapons of the Torah. In the beginning of his Sefer, the Mesilus Yisharim tells us a fundamental principle that should remain in the front of our minds always. He says there that Hatov Hamiti, the true good that a person can achieve in this world, who Hadevekus Bo Yisboroch, is when he is joined to a Kadosh Baruch Hu. And so, if you were ever wondering what is good, what is the genuine good, then wonder no further. It's called clinging to Hashem. Now, if you're looking for ways to be joined with Hashem, there are many possibilities. But most of all, Dveikus means that your mind should be connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, says the Mesilus Yisharim, HaAdam HaShalem, the perfect man, is the one, Asher Yizkeh, who is worthy, Lihidavekbo, to remain joined always in his thoughts to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It means that whatever you're accomplishing in life, your true success will be measured by how much you train yourself to think about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's why you'll find people who do everything in life except that. Good people are willing to do a lot of good things. But when it comes to this subject of thinking about the is Barak, it's not done. And we can't readily blame them because the truth is that it's the most difficult of all battles. Those are the words of the Mesilus Yishonim. He tells us that we are fighting a milchama chazaka, a mighty war that is elav ponim ve'achor. It's facing us from the front and also creeping up from behind. You know, in a battle, when a soldier finds himself facing an enemy and he's able to overcome him, he shoots the enemy down or causes him to flee. So the soldier knows that he can't sit and take a rest now. Because what's doing in back of him? Immediately he has to turn around and confront a different foe. That's what life is. On all sides you're being attacked by ordeals that are pulling you away from your purpose. Thousands of different tests are crowding in on you from all sides. And therefore, you can never let your guard down if you want to be victorious in this strong battle. The truth is, that there's no such thing as a battle that's not strong. You'll never find a battle that's comfortable. Ask any soldier and he'll tell you that when bullets are whistling by, it's very uncomfortable. Like once a soldier was dodging bullets and he said, I wish I could be back in the good old America desert. Lost in a desert, far away from civilization without anything to eat or drink. It would be a picnic compared to being here. And that's because every battle is difficult. But if the Mesilus Yishodim says it's a strong battle, it means that not only are bullets whistling, but they're coming like hail. And it's very difficult to dodge them. The tests are constant. There's always something knocking you and keeping your mind occupied so that you're distracted from the great problem of life. Hishamar lecha pen tishkach et Hashem elokecha. Guard yourself, lest you forget Hashem. I'll prove it to you right away. Make an experiment. Say, I want to remember Hashem. And walk over to your friend and start talking to him. You'll see, that second, you already forgot Hashem. Rav Naftali Amsterdam used to relate about his Rebbe. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, Zichron Levrocha, that he didn't remove his mind from the service of Hashem, even when he was talking to people. 
Now, if Rav Neftali chose that as a way of describing the greatness of his Rebbe, you can be sure that it was a very great madrega, what this Sadiq achieved. And you can be just as certain that it didn't come easy. Rabbi Yisrael had to steal himself for winning that battle every time he opened his mouth. Because even just to speak to your fellow man is already a distraction from your purpose in this world. And so we learn now, in general, the picture of this great battle. Will you forget the purpose of life? Or will you overcome all the disturbances and hectic activities and continue to think always about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, no matter what? That's the victory. That's the Tov HaMiti, the real success, to keep your head on what's important. And what is important? HaKadosh Baruch Hu, avoid us Hashem. A person who wants to live successfully knows that whatever difficulty he encounters, his success will be that despite everything, he was able to keep his mind on the real business of life. Now we must know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't let us out into this world to face such a difficult war without arming us with powerful weapons. And because he is the one who created the war, you can be certain that he knows exactly how to deal with all the exigencies of that war. And so when he provided weapons, you can rest assured there couldn't be any better ones. No manufacturer of military supplies, not even Lockheed Martin, could provide such capable weaponry. What are these made-to-order weapons that we're talking about? You might be surprised at first when you hear this, but it's the mitzvahs, the commandments of Hashem. Those are the sophisticated weapons that Hashem has armed us with. Now, the non-observant, I'm not even talking about now. It's a pity on them because without mitzvahs, they are completely lost. They are like soldiers who go out to battle without any weapons. The I am a Jew in my heart Jew who expresses his Judaism by eating knishes or giving money to the UJA is a Rachmanus. He has no chance on the battlefield. Nobody is capable of fighting off the enemy with bagels and locks. But even the observant who possesses the weapons, the Shoimre Torah Umitzvis, who keep everything, but if they don't know how to use them, they're also in danger. Most Orthodox Jews are like soldiers who have been given effective weapons to fight the battle, only that they never learned how to use them. Imagine a soldier goes out. He's armed with the most modern rifle, with a bazooka. He's armed with hand grenades. He has every kind of sophisticated weapon. And they're all draped over his body, hanging from his belt. And he gets into the midst of the battle, and he neglects to use even one of them. That's exactly what's taking place with most observant Jews. What good is a bazooka that could finish off a whole squad of enemies with only one volley if you never pull the trigger? That happens often in underdeveloped countries. Let's say the tribal leaders in Central Africa buy Russian weapons. They pay good money for them and they quickly outfit some of the savages with modern weaponry. The local villager who up until now was adept only with a spear, is suddenly suited for up for battle with a bazooka. And what happens? He runs into battle and tries to clobber the enemy over the head with the bazooka. That's what happens when people who are supplied with good weapons are not trained in how to make good use of them. Now you shouldn't laugh because we are exactly in the same situation. 
We are given excellent means of self-defense. We've been supplied with very capable weapons, only that we never learned to employ them properly. Most of us have never learned how to handle our weapons. And that means that it's an important subject that deserves our utmost attention. How do we best make use of these weapons of war, the mitzvahs, that are being provided to us by the best manufacturer of military supplies that the world ever saw? If you recall, at the Pesach Seder, when the Chacham asks his father about the laws and practices of the Torah, he says like this, Mahaedis, what are these testimonies? Vahukim and the statutes, Vamishpotim and the judgments that Hashem commanded. So we see right away that there are three categories of Torah practices. Edus, Chukim, and Mishpatim. Of course, all three are important. But we're going to talk now about the first one mentioned there. Edus. It's number one in the list, which means that it's very important. What does it mean, Edus? So some of the Haggadahs translated as testimonies. And that's true. But we have to understand what does it mean by testimonies. It's important for us to clarify. In what way are these Torah practices testimonies? The answer is that many of the mitzvahs were given to us to make us constantly aware of our purpose here by means of testifying to ideals that we are expected to keep in mind. The truth is, if you study the mitzvahs properly, you'll find that almost everything has some open purpose, which is almost always clearly stated in the Torah. And that means... If you'll learn how to make use of them, you will be prepared to use them as weapons in this great battle. We'll take some examples soon, but first, let's understand the general principle of what we're describing now. The mitzvahs are not intended to be carried out. Of course, they are, but that's only the first step. The mitzvahs are primarily given for the purpose of working on your psychology. They are intended to be used in a way that will shape the minds of the Am Yisrael. The mitzvahs are eduyus. They're testifying to great and important ideals. And our job is to not just do the mitzvahs, but to make sure to use them to stimulate our minds. And when you become adept at handling these weapons, so every mitzvah becomes a valuable tool for achieving tremendous success. On the other hand, If you don't utilize the mitzvahs in their most effective manner, you're going into the great battle without the weapons of war that you need to achieve victory. How great would be the effect upon the Jewish nation if once more they awoke and would understand the treasures that lie in these ages? It would be glorious because when a person undertakes to utilize the testimonials of the Torah, that's how he becomes prepared to face the world. He's suited up now for the battle that is Elav Ponim Va'achor, that he is ready and able because he knows now how to make the best use of the weapons that HaKadosh Baruch has provided to him. That's how the Jew is able to live a full life and to complete the purpose for which he was created. I'll mention one example, just as an illustration. In the Torah, there's a requirement that on the doorways in a Jewish house, there must be a mezuzah. A Jewish homeowner is obligated, mina toida, to inscribe on a piece of parchment two parshias of the Torah and place it on his doorpost. Now it's true that when a person puts up a mezuzah and then forgets all about it, he's fulfilled the requirement of the Torah. 
He has discharged his obligation and the Beis Din cannot step in and chastise him or even criticize him. The Torah was given to a multitude, to all types of Jews. And not everybody has the intelligence. Not everybody is capable of more than the basic requirement. And so as long as someone is willing to keep the laws of the Torah, we cannot demand much more of him. But the truth is that putting up the mezuzah is a very minor achievement in comparison to what the mezuzah actually must do. And if a man sinks to the lowest level and is satisfied with a mechanical observance, then even though he might be fulfilling the mitzvah, he is certainly transgressing the purpose of the Torah. He's forgetting that the purpose of the mitzvah is to be a testimony, to make us think of the contents in the mezuzah. Because the Torah says, Visamtem et divaray ele. You should put these words of mine, Alavavchem, upon your hearts, Vial nafshechem, and upon your souls. Uchtavtam al mizuzot betecha. And you should write them on the doorposts of your homes. Devarim. It means that why we put mezuzahs on our doorways is in order to put these principles on our hearts and on our souls. So we see that the mezuzah is given for a purpose. What HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants is that we should put these ideas into our minds. The mezuzah is reminding us at all times, every time we go in and out, that we should never forget who we are. As a Jew walks into his house, he's not walking into an Irish house. He's walking into a holy house. And his behavior has to be different than an Irishman. And when he walks out, the mezuzah is reminding him, on the street, you're still a Jew. You're carrying the Torah of Hashem in your heart wherever you go. Here's a man coming back from work. He's walking up to the door of his home and his nerves are ragged. Inside the house, his wife has been dealing with little children all day long and her nerves are more jangled than his. And in one minute, they're going to have an encounter. And so he stops at the mezuzah for a moment and he thinks, Hashem Echad. Oh, that's a man who knows how to use a mezuzah. He walks inside with the mezuzah in his mind and he saves the evening. His wife too, as she goes to open the door for him, she passes by the mezuzah. There's a mezuzah in the kitchen and she looks up at it and she reminds herself of its purpose. And so both of them are now armed. They have weapons for this great battle, the Milchama Chazaka, of remembering their function in the world at all times. It's a remarkable thing that people can live their entire lives without realizing what the mezuzah is saying. Isn't it a waste when we go in and out, in and out all day long, and we ignore that great expedient? Even if you're sitting in your house, you can make use of that weapon. From time to time, look at the mezuzah and arm yourself. When you're eating, look at the mezuzah for a minute. You're sitting on the couch, look at that mezuzah. The mezuzah is not for the doorpost, it's for you. And the more you take it from the door and put it into your head, the more successful you are. We'll take another example. It's not our subject yet, but it will illustrate more clearly what the purpose of the mitzvahs edius are and how they're expected to be used. Shabbos. Ah, Shabbos is full of testimonies. 
Every malacha you can do, that's a testimony. Every time you pass a light switch and you don't turn it on, you're reminding yourself that on Shabbos, Hashem rested from creation. Big day Shabbos is a testimony. The natus, the kos shel kiddush, it's all testimonies. Isn't it a pity that they're not being used? And as you come to the Shabbos table and you see two chalas, there's a white cloth on top of the chalas and a white tablecloth underneath the chalas. Exactly like the man, which rested between two layers of pure white dew. Don't do it, mitzvahs anashim, melumada, out of habit. They're there for a purpose, so you should think about the man. Don't just go into the table without thinking of this symbolism. Remind yourself, it's two chalas, lechem mishneh, the double portion that fell down on Erev Shabbos. There are so many great lessons that the man teaches us. We'll talk about them one day. And that's why we make sure that every meal we eat on Shabbos has double bread. You sit down to the suuda with two breads because it's supposed to be putting lessons into your head always. Now we're just beginning the subject because the testimonies of the Torah are endless. I'll take out a minute to add a few more to give you a hint of what's in store for those who are able to look and to discover. Tefillin! The Pesukim tells us clearly that Tefillin are intended to remind us that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim and that we are His from now on. From that day onward, we have to keep the words of His Torah in our mouths constantly, out of gratitude to Him. At least the moment that you put it on, think of this lesson. Of course, there's no harm in thinking of the Tefillin later on too, especially when you are saying Kriya Shema. But it's not limited to those few minutes a day. Whenever you see a pair of tefillin, a tefillin bag, you will always be reminded of what the tefillin is supposed to tell you. Not only men, women too. You see your husband or your son taking his tefillin and rushing out to shul. Remind yourself what it's all about. The matzah, the moror, the pesach dishes. There's so much to think about. The matzah has to be utilized. Very good that the matzah is baked with such carefulness, with hashgacha, with such dikduke mitzvahs. Wonderful. But now that it's all done, what's the matzah all about? The matzah is lying on the table as an edis to remind us to think about certain principles. When you go into the sukkah, it's reminding you of something. Ah! What a beautiful sukkah. You put a lot of work into the sukkah and you ask Shilas of your local Rav, is the schach kosher? Is that wall kosher? Everything was good. And now you and your family are sitting around the table in the sukkah and you even have beautiful ornaments hanging. It's beautiful. But what's it all about? What's the sukkah all about? It says it straight in the Torah. The sukkah is to remind us of the nisim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did for us in the Midbar. Ki basukot hoshavti et b'nei Yisrael behotzi'i otam eretz Mitzrayim. You never thought about that? Oh, that's a pity. Make sure next sukkah you think about that. Every time you go into the sukkah, your mind is becoming a different mind altogether. That's the purpose of the mitzvah. That's how the mitzvah becomes a weapon in the hands of a Jew. By changing your personality. By transforming your mind. We're talking now about a specific chalik of the Torah. We are going to call it the penimius hatoida, The inside of the Torah. 
I know there are others elsewhere who would say that something else is Pedimius HaTorah, but that's not going to be a subject of discussion here. For our purposes, we're going to speak about the inner realm of the Torah as expressed in the mitzvahs edius. There was once a big tendency in our nation to ponder the reasons for the mitzvahs. Of course, the ones whose reasons are apparent or seem easy to surmise were studied at length. But even other mitzvahs, which we call chukim, because they seem to be cryptic commandments with no purpose behind them, even they were studied. Just to cite one instance, if you study the Rambam Seforim, you'll see that he made plenty of attempts to take the mystery out of the chukim. He tried to understand their significance in a most practical way. But when it comes to the mitzvahs eduyus, there's no question they were studied for their significance throughout our history. There were always people in our nation who wanted to benefit not only by doing the mitzvahs, but they wanted to get the inner lessons of the Torah, the hidden realm. It's not enough to do the mitzvahs superficially, they said. And therefore, they spent time studying all of these lessons. And make no mistake about it, it's a very... Very important subject. It's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants most from the mitzvahs. Only what happened? Some people overdid it. There were philosophers, thinkers, who were so intent in preaching this lesson to the multitude that sometimes, because of their enthusiasm, they overstressed the panemius, the inside of the mitzvah. And some of their listeners began to think that if the purpose of the mitzvah was to teach a certain attitude, a certain ideal then we could dispense with the outward acts of the commandment. Some people began to say, why should we buy parchment and hire a scribe to write the parshius? It can be quite expensive after all. The main thing is the panemius. It was an argument that some people made, and therefore there were those who began to neglect the mitzvah. There arose a certain tendency among a small number of people that the act is not so important, and that we could dispense with the mitzvah itself. Let's say mezuzah, for example. They said, if the purpose is stated openly in the Torah, to remember Hashem, so as long as we give every day a half hour of thinking about the lesson that Hashem echad, and that He's watching us, that's better than having a mezuzah, and never once thinking about Hashem. Why suffice with the shell, the outer layer, when the real purpose is the fruit? That was their argument. The truth is, it's a very big error. It's an error for many reasons. But one of the most important ones is that it's the system of the Torah to provide certain physical objects to act as reminders, to testify to certain great principles. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to utilize those objects because when you train yourself to attach certain ideals to an object... He knows that's how you best inscribe the principles into your personality. Like I said earlier, the one who made the battle knows best how to be victorious. But because of the toim, because of those who made the mistake of thinking that the panemius was enough, as a result, there arose a counter-effect and our nation began to say, forget about philosophizing. You see what happens when you philosophize? When you think about the message of the mitzvahs? The mitzvahs themselves become neglected. And so, let's concentrate just on the deeds. Let's emphasize the importance of doing the mitzvahs, and that's all. And that's why it became a practice in our nation not to philosophize.
mitzvahs. The Am Yisrael put all of its abilities into studying the technicalities of the mitzvahs. Exactly how to perform them with all the externalities became the interest of the nation. A holy nation of medaktikim b'mitzvahs. It's a pleasure to see. However, we're learning now that there's a great loss in neglecting the principle of the panemius of the mitzvahs. You know, despite the fact that some people overdo the practice of breathing fresh air, some people are fresh air addicts. And even in midwinter, they'll open windows when they sleep, and during the night they contract colds. They get up in the morning and they're sick. But just because some people overdo it, doesn't therefore mean that we should avoid fresh air. It doesn't mean that fresh air is bad for you. And you just have to know, like they say in Yiddish, vu'ein vu'ois, you have to know how to apply it. And so it's necessary for us to return to this study, actually, the practice of Panemius Hatoida. That's how the Kadmonim, the ancients, did a mitzvah. They understood that our lives are meant to be revolutionized by the mezuzah, and the tefillin, and the sukkah, and the matzah and by all the other mitzvahs, and they utilize them for that purpose. And it's a pity that we should take mitzvahs that are intended to transform our personalities, and instead, we're just doing them as mechanical motions. They're still mitzvahs, but they don't fulfill the ultimate intention of the one who gave them to us. Now, of all the mitzvahs eduyus, of all the weapons we've been given, one of the most all-encompassing is found in our parsha. HaKadosh Baruch told Moshe Rabbeinu, Daber, speak, El Bnei Yisrael, to the Bnei Yisrael, V'amarta aleihem v'asulahem tzitzis, and say to them, the commandments of tzitzis. Shalach. It's an interesting form of speech. Speak to them and say to them. And it means something important. We'll explain it like this. Daber, speak, denotes the function of proclaiming. Ve'amarta, on the other hand, denotes the speaker's intention, his thoughts and emotions. The Panemius. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent Moshe to the people, not only to Daber, to speak about the mitzvah in general, but also Ve'amarta, to say to them. It means to explain to them his intentions, to explain the purpose of tzitzis and the method of gaining the benefit of this mitzvah. It's not enough that the nation should wear tzitzis. The lessons of the tzitzis have to be brought close to the people's thoughts and emotions because that after all is this prime purpose of tzitzis. Uritem oto uzchatem et kol mitzvah Hashem. You will see it and remember all Hashem's mitzvahs. I was walking on King's Highway once and they were doing construction work. As I passed by, the Italian foreman pointed to my tzitzis and asked, What's that for? So I said, It's to remind us. And I pointed to the sky. Ooh, he said. He understood that. An Italian foreman understands that we're wearing tzitzis to remind us of the one in the sky. It's a pity that what the Gentile understands is ignored by us. You know. If I were talking to a group of college boys and girls, way out, let's say in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they would be hearing about tzitzis for the first time, I'd take out tzitzis and show it to them, and they'd be amazed. It would be an interesting thing to them. They never saw it before, and it would have an effect on them. But when you talk to people who are all wearing tzitzis, it's very difficult for them to learn what it really means, 
Because they think they know all about it already. They know in the wrong way. They know it as habit. Mitzvah anashim milumada. But they think they know it already. But it can't be helped. We must learn what the mitzvahs mean. Otherwise, we're like people going into battle without weapons. Certainly, we wear them every day. But if a person doesn't use them, if he never once in his life looked at the tzitzis and thought about Hashem, then he shouldn't be surprised that they don't have any effect on him. It's like hanging a bazooka around the naked loins of that savage in Africa. It's almost worthless because he doesn't know what to do with it. And the same is with hanging tzitzis on someone whose head is empty. Here's a boy wearing tzitzis. Wonderful, very nice. But he knows as much about the purpose of tzitzis as a behemoth wearing tzitzis. He's like a little calf wearing arba confus. And when he grows up, he becomes a big old ox that wears tzitzis. Of course, a mitzvah he gains. But he doesn't gain what the mitzvah is intended for. Now it could be that bedere chasigula, in some mysterious way, it does something. I wouldn't know. It could be that even without understanding how it sits his works, it accomplishes something. But the true effectiveness only comes with learning how to make use of the weapons. Chazal tells us in Menachos that shekula mitzvah sitzis keneged kola mitzvahs. Wearing sitzis is as weighty as all of the mitzvahs. The question is, is it really? It's sisis as important as all of the mitzvahs? How can you say that? What about Talmud Torah, Keneged Kulam? The answer is that it's Shukula because tzitzis can remind you of everything. Tzitzis is the means of remembering. Urisem also. If you look at it, Uzchartem, you'll remember. Now it doesn't mean that it's a mitzvah's assay to look. There is one Rishon who says that. But we follow those who hold that there's no obligation to look at the tzitzis. When the Torah says, Urisem Oso, the Torah is telling us as follows. Urisem Oso, when you will see the fringes, Uzchartem, you're going to remember. Tzitzis can bring you to remembering everything. Our Kodmonim did that. They tied the tzitzis up with certain ideas. In ancient times, if you were a Jew who learned how to handle this weapon, every day when they put on the tzitzis, they thought about a different commandment of the Torah, and the tzitzis began to fulfill its function of reminding them. When you connect the tzitzis with certain ideas, it becomes an effective weapon. Let's say tomorrow morning, you put on the tzitzis, and you look at them, and you're thinking, I won't get angry today. Anger is a sin, and so today... Whenever I look at the tzitzis, not only mine, anybody's, it's going to remind me not to get angry. That's already a very great accomplishment if you practice it up. So from now on, you might remember when you look at the tzitzis not to get angry. Now, ladies, don't be impatient. The Torah is speaking to you, too. The tzitzis are not just for men. Urisem oso means everybody should see the tzitzis. The Gemara in Menachah says that a blind person is obligated in tzitzis because other people can see it. It means other people can become great from seeing a man's tzitzis. So here's a mother with a lot of little boys in the house and she's constantly seeing the children's tzitzis. 
if she understands that it's for her too, so she's getting greater and greater each time she sees them. Sometimes her husband and her children might be thinking nothing at all, but she is thinking about the mitzvahs every time she sees the tzitzis, and she's gaining more than they are, because that's what the edus of tzitzis are for. I was once passing through a place where Jewish glazers were installing windows in a church. This was when I was in Europe. They were on top of a church putting in the glass panes and their long beards and tzitzis were flowing in the wind. I was walking by watching their tzitzis and I was thinking, those tzitzis remind us that we went out of Egypt. You should try that once. Next time you put on tzitzis or you see someone else's tzitzis, think that they're supposed to remind you to remember that the Almighty took us out of Mitzrayim. Little by little, you're practicing identifying tzitzis with Yitzias Mitzrayim. Then after, you are well grounded in that, so you'll take another mitzvah and associate it with the tzitzis. Let's say I look at my tzitzis and I remind myself that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said we should watch out for shotness. If you have a woolen suit, make sure you don't have any linen stiffening inside it because it's shotness. After a while, you get into the habit of reminding yourself of shotness when you look at your tzitzis. Next, think about that you have to love your fellow Jew. A Jew who keeps mitzvahs, he's your brother and you have to love him. If he doesn't keep mitzvahs, then he's not your brother. But as long as he's achicha b'mitzvahs, who cares if he's Hungarian or Lithuanian or Syrian? Who cares where he came from? Or even if he's a rough fellow, you have to love him. And by looking at the tzitzis, you can train yourself in that ideal. Now suppose you live in Borough Park or Meyashorim. You'll have endless opportunities because they have good Jews there and you'll see tzitzis wherever you go. From time to time, when you see tzitzis floating behind somebody's garment, remind yourself of your purpose here. Think, Vitem kidoshim lelokechem. We are a holy people. We're not a people that sanctions immorality. The Jewish people hate anything that smacks of obscenity. Anything that's not nice, that's not decent, is foreign to our nature. And if there are Jews who are proponents of wicked things, like gay rights and things like that, it's only because they're victims of the Gentiles. A Jew by nature hates immorality. You see tzitzis, it reminds you, never visit a house unless the husband is present at the same time. Never allow a man into your home if your husband is not around. Believe me, it's worthwhile if a Jew will think when he sees tzitzis that he can never be alone with a woman unless somebody else is present. Keep on doing it and after a while, Tzitzis reminds you of the Isser of Yichud and about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and Shadnes. And they remind you to love your brother and to promote decency. Little by little, you attach more and more significance to the Tzitzis until it's Shikula Keneget Kol HaMitzvahs. Of course, don't try and do everything at once. When you leave here tonight, but it's some homework for you to do. You have to make an effort to associate the mitzvahs with the tzitzis because it won't happen by itself. But once you make up your mind, that's what you want to do. Then habal etahed misayinlo. You practice up every day. And little by little, you finally get such a stage that when you see somebody wearing tzitzis and everybody is so urisem oso,
you'll see them. Uzchartem, and you'll remember as kol mitzvos Hashem, all the commandments of Hashem. Now I understand that life is busy and that once you leave here, you will forget about the things that I'm telling you now. The milchama chazaka shinim says elav panim v'achor is overwhelming and your thoughts are crowded with everything except for the important things. But that's precisely why we need these weapons of war. They are our salvation, our path to victory. And so, no matter how much ground you already yielded on the battlefield, you are now equipped to regain that territory. And even if the battle continues to rain down a hail of bullets, no matter, a soldier who enters the battle and he received a wound, does he say, oh well, there's no use. I might as well get a bullet in the head and finish. Oh no, he tries his best to continue fighting because as long as he's alive, as long as he's breathing, he still has the opportunity to be healed and fight to the victorious end. The truth is, Nobody remains unwounded in this battle. Ein sadik ba'aretz asher yasetov velo yecheta. There's nobody who doesn't make a mistake. But there's no mitzvah to go around collecting wounds. You pick yourself up and you keep fighting. Kohelas. And just like in this world, when a soldier comes back from war, he wants to display his wounds to his friends. He wants to show that he's a battle-scarred veteran that he's fought the battle and survived. It's the same thing here. It's all very good as long as you're using your weapons that were given to you. As long as we recognize the weapons of war that Hashem has given to us and we use them to the utmost, we will remain alive. We'll remain alive in both worlds. And therefore, we should consider how great a function in our lives these mitzvahs eduyos have and begin applying ourselves to a career of little by little making the mitzvahs more meaningful. Because that's the system of the Torah. The testimonies are a big part of the Torah. And every one of the eduyos becomes alive if you utilize it properly. And because our daily lives are full of such opportunities... That's one of the secrets to achieving success in serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. By utilizing the weapons of war the way he intended, that's the path to victory. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Let's get practical. Training for battle with advanced weaponry. Every day this week, I will begin my practice of bringing the mitzvahs eduyus to life. Each morning when I see tzitzis, whether mine or of someone else, I will think of one of the Tariyag mitzvahs, and I will try to associate that mitzvah with the strings of the tzitzis. When I am successful, I will move on to another mitzvah. In this way, seeing the testimonials of Hashem will bring their great principles to my mind.